Welcome into the Denver Stiff Show. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. We're currently currently recording this on a Thursday night, as I'm sure everybody has heard up to this point that the NBA season has officially been put on hold. Uh, Lots of things to get into and to help me break it all down. Brought on my two favorite co-hosts, social media director Jenna Garcia, senior writer Brandon Ewing. Jenna, how are you doing today? Well, I've been quarantined the last two days by my um, job because my day job, I guess. You didn't quarantine me, but (laughs) we do this via the internet most of the time. Anyways, I probably should have, honestly. Let's be real. Right, yeah. I've had a bad cough for those of you who follow our social media page and um, I have posted a few videos where I'm like coughing in the background or you can hear me telling people everyone's scared of me because I'm coughing. So that's been fun being judged every time you cough. Like people look at me like I'm a monster. But it's I swear it's just allergies. I don't have any of the other symptoms. So, but my boss still had me work from home this week, so it's been pretty lame. I'm bored as hell. <laughs> I can't watch any more Netflix. There's nothing to watch. It's too bad. You just cycle through everything, and at a certain point, it just becomes repetitive. But we're all hoping that nothing nothing develops beyond the current symptoms that you have, and if anything is uh, something like that, then everybody just be safe. Wash your hands. Uh Make sure to, when you cough, cough into the, the crook of your arm as opposed to out into the world. And just be just be smart. And, and we totally understand that. Uh, Brandon Ewing is also with us. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm good. I just got back from uh, going to get MLB The Show at GameStop. So now I have something to do the next two weeks when everything else is canceled in my life. So at least I'll be busy doing something positive, I guess. I thought, I thought you got that last week. No, because remember, I told you at the on the locker room the other night, I was like, yeah, I can do the Denver Stiff Show this week. We just have to do it after I get MLB The Show at 9 o'clock on Thursday. Oh, that's right. Okay. Honestly, <laughs> it, it really did feel like Priorities. last week because this week has been so long. So many yeah, this week's been a whirlwind. I completely forgot, man. So, uh, But I just wanted to kick this show off. We're going to – this is more going to be an information-based podcast. We want to share – just how things are going to be going for the Denver Stiffs, uh, what what is going on in the NBA season right now. Uh, Adam Silver, just before we started recording, he just recently sent out an email to the NBA world. Uh, I wanted to read it briefly now. Uh, Dear NBA fan, as you know, we have temporarily suspended our season in response to the coronavirus pandemic. We made this decision to safeguard the health and well-being of fans, players, and everyone connected to our game and the general public. This hiatus will last at least 30 days, and we intend to resume the season, if and when it becomes safe for all concerned. In the meantime, we will continue to coordinate with infectious disease and public health experts along with government officials to determine safe protocols for resuming our games. As we develop the appropriate course for future NBA games and events, we will keep you informed of any changes as soon as they happen. Tickets, yada, yada, yada. We encourage you to visit to NBA.com. This remains a complicated and rapidly evolving situation that reminds us that we are all 
part of a broader society with a responsibility to look out for one another. That is what the NBA will continue to do, and we are grateful for your understanding and for being the best fans in sports. Sincerely, Adam Silver, NBA Commissioner. Okay, so after having read that to you guys, I told you that I would read you that letter on air. Uh, What's your general reaction? Uh, Jenna, I'll start with you. We are the best fans in the in the world. That's my first reaction was thank you, Adam, for recognizing that you have great fans out there. Um, no, but I do think he, he, he really did make... I think he has faced a lot of tough situations this NBA season, and he just really handled it quite well. Um, obviously, I think they reacted to Rudy Gobert testing positive, so they that could have been handled differently they could have done this prior to rudy even being tested positive right but um when i think about that too i think well if they had done that if they had gone on hiatus prior to that would rudy he have even gotten tested and would any of these other players even gotten tested because it's the same situation like for me they won't test me even though i have a cough which is one of the symptoms because um i'm of healthy age and of an age that like they believe that I could handle and and beat the virus. So they're only testing people who really like you have to fit a certain profile that you have to have other illnesses or have been in the hospital recently. You have to have like different things like that that are like affecting your immune system for you to really even get tested. So would they have even tested Rudy, you know, if they didn't if this hadn't have happened that's very even know these guys have gotten it yeah no i i'm i'm in full agreement there i i know that this is this is a new situation for everybody this is a new situation for the nba and i'm i'm just glad to be a part of that nba culture because i know that the the waking world has followed this has followed this disease has followed how the united states has handled it and the general consensus is that they've been slow they haven't been on the ball with this. The NBA is very progressive, and they seem to have gone the full distance with this. They suspended the season. It's not canceled, and there is definitely an opportunity for them to continue to play games. But as soon as Rudy Gobert was diagnosed with coronavirus, it took about 30 minutes, if not less, before the NBA made it official that they were going to suspend their season. Uh, Skip, I want to talk to you about this. It's it's likely that other players, coaches, team personnel could have this virus uh, and that in arenas that are packed with 20,000 fans and essential personnel is very difficult. Uh, how do you think the NBA has handled this and do you think that uh, they did the right thing? Yeah, no, I think they did the right thing. I remember when I was at a, I mean, it wasn't long ago, it was just last night, when I was at baseball and the whole Rudy Gobert thing came down, it was just really shocking to see. And then you go on Twitter and you see all the stuff about, you know, the game was going to happen and it's not going to happen. And there's like a doctor sprinting out to the court, like they're yelling at Chris Paul to not come near them. It's like, it just seems like there's so much crazy stuff. And in Adam Silver's statement, he was talking about how it's complicated and rapidly evolving. And I think that's something that's, important because it's something that could change almost any second because like you said another player coach team personnel anybody could get diagnosed with this so i think it's just something that's still complicated it's still evolving and we still don't really know the point it's going to get to but 30 days right now is kind of just that first mark and they could obviously get 
more it's not going to get less so i mean it's just a evolving thing that we have no idea what's going to going to end up happening so it's a it's an interesting situation and uh yeah there's a lot of moving parts a lot of moving parts for sure did you guys see there was like a video that came out um it's an older it's like an from a ted talk and it's um bill gates and he's talking about how the united states is very well prepared for war but they're not prepared for an epidemic uh like of this kind and he's literally it's like filmed four years ago and he's talking about this exact same thing and he's like if there were to be some sort of virus that came to the united states we would have no idea and we'd be so ill prepared because we don't put money into this and that was four years ago it was creepy yeah it's a that's a pretty harrowing harrowing statement and a pretty harrowing thing to hear uh, I had I hadn't heard that before, but it makes a lot of sense. And without getting too political on on a lot of these things, I would say that this the the current administration was not prepared for this, and there are there are very clear signs to that. There 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 are not enough tests that are going around the United States right now. There are like the the United States just isn't testing at the rate that they need to. So I am hopeful that some harsh realities are about to face everybody and that in order for that to happen like in order for the response to happen the harsh realities had to first happen but let's move forward Mm -hmm. uh he also mentioned in his letter that there's hope to resume play after the virus is contained or once they have a better grip on the situation uh is that do you think that's wise is that should the nba be looking to just continue after 30 days or should they just be canceling this season should they be putting it off until the summer i'll start with i think it's just okay jenny go ahead no go brandon (laughs) no i was was just saying like it's something that they just have to evaluate at the 30-day mark and then you make a decision there it's it's too hard to make a decision now like obviously you'd like it to resume on that April 6th or whenever the 30 days is. But once you get to that 30 days, I mean, the regular season's already going to be over. So what do they put in place for just, like, the playoffs? Do they start the playoffs right away? Do they want to play more regular season games? There's still a lot that has to go down, and I don't think that the NBA season is going to start in 30 days, so I don't know what they're really going to do. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess you could say, but I don't I don't think it's going to happen in 30 days. Yeah, I definitely don't think 30 days is going to be – like oh in 30 days they're gonna figure out this thing and it's gonna be under control that sounds really optimistic although like there was some medical team in um where was it in where the Cavs play (laughs) uh quick and loans arena Arena. (laughs) well not in that arena but like that city but i can only remember cities based on their (laughs) cleveland and so cleveland yes cleveland (laughs) Which is a beautiful city. Um, In Cleveland, there was like a group of like nine doctors that created a new test that was like quicker, gave quicker results. And they waited like a really long time to get approval from whoever approves that stuff, like the CDC or whatever. But um, but they did it in like nine days. So maybe 30 days will be enough to get this thing under control and get people get more vaccinations created so that or not vaccinations but tests so that people can get tested and quarantined and then at least we can put a stop to it but 
I feel like if people just keep traveling and going to different parts of the world and, and even different cities, it's not going to stop spreading. Like it really does need to be like more of a everybody get on board with this thing where we all stay inside and stop going out and get because if we continue to go, I don't know. But then, you know, we're in America and people want their freedom. So, I mean, I even have friends yeah. who are going to Portland this weekend and it's like nothing's going to stop their plans. They're still going to go to Portland. And I feel like that seems kind of crazy. And one of them works in a building where there was a person who came in contact with a person. So the whole building has been shut down, even though it, I don't know, it just seems, I don't know how to react to the whole thing. No, that's, I feel like, it's wild. It's honest, honestly, honest to God. Like that is, that is wild. And it's one of the reasons why I, I wouldn't expect, I, I would expect some sort of quarantine to take place. Uh, can't have this virus spreading. And, and for anybody that needs to hear it, uh, you are responsible for your actions and your actions could have major ramifications. Your actions could potentially put a lot of other people at risk, people with families, people with children, people with loved ones. So do the right thing, wash your hands, keep yourself quarantined from self quarantine from other people. If you believe you have some symptoms or even if you don't believe you have some symptoms, just play it safe at least for the next couple of weeks, next 30 days. And then we can get a, a larger picture from there. Uh, for obvious reasons, our Friday watch party that was scheduled at college Inn is going to be canceled. We will not be hosting that Denver stiffs will not be showing up to that watch party. I'm making that call. Don't even need to talk to anybody to make that call. There, there aren't any games to be played. That was supposed to be a, a game right. watch well, party. What would we watch? So, exactly. <laughs> like we're just gonna play shuffleboard together or something. Like that's, we're just not gonna do that. And uh, the charity event for Hope Kids has not been officially put on hold. But because there are not games being played, we expect donations to be frozen over the next day or so adam Morris of dnvr and myself have been discussing these next steps and we'll have a a message that we can share over the next couple of days uh in the meantime if you're still interested the denver stiffs mile high socks they remain on sale uh i hear a lot of people like them and we won't say we won't say no if you want to purchase them they're still very cool uh that money will continue to be put into an account for a future hope kids event so if you're interested in that, that's great. So people keep buying, right? People sure, keep, sure. Keep and and, them, yeah. and we we greatly appreciate all of the love. Uh, lots of people have reached out to me. Uh, even even people through my dad have reached out to me and said those socks are great. Those socks are cool. So if you're interested, take a look at our website, and we've got a link there. If not, go to hoopswag.com. Um, but uh, let's let's get back to the this Nuggets game specifically that happened on Wednesday night. It was right around halftime that that news really started breaking on Wednesday. Uh, Brandon, where were you when the news first broke? Um, let's see. Where was I? I was at I've baseball practice just finished when the Rudy Gobert thing happened because we scrimmaged last night. So we didn't get done till like 7.15 or so. And then I think sure. they canceled they or they suspended the NBA season when I was at dinner because that happened or it would have been like 740, 7.30, 7.40. And I just got the alert on my watch and I was like, this is insane. Yeah, I couldn't believe it just because I wasn't really expecting it. I was just expecting to 
get done with baseball, check the Nuggets score, see what was going on, and then boom, it just seemed like it was chaos, and then like five minutes would go by and something else would happen. But like, that's like been the same thing on my phone all day. Like I've checked Twitter and like five minutes go by and something crazy happens. Another five minutes go by and something else gets canceled. It's just like a, a ripple effect heard all around the world. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, I was I was in my living room and I will. It's one of those events that I don't think you're ever going to forget. Uh, like when we were at Pepsi Center when Kobe Bryant passed away. Uh, I will never remember. I will never forget where I was sitting in that media room. And I seriously, I'll, why is twenty twenty suck so bad? It's it's pretty brutal. It's uh, yeah, that was that was just the couple of things that happened, and there are other things too. Um, David Stern passed away as well, and that's like he was a father figure for the NBA, basically. Um, Jenna, where were you when the news first broke? Well. The thing is, Ryan, that I really like to ride my Peloton bike when <laughs> I am watching away games. <laughs> and I quite enjoy it because it distracts me from how difficult the guy on the Peloton screen is screaming at me to like go up this other hill on like 40 resistance at 100 whatever cadence they tell you. So it kicks my ass basically, but... When I get to watch a basketball game at the same time, or baseball, I'm a little distracted, so it helps me out a little bit. I was on my Peloton bike um, trying to get a workout in, and actually got a pretty good workout in because I was very distracted and still, like, pedaling my ass off. So, um, Look at yeah, you. I saw it. I saw... <laughs> I actually got a text message from somebody within... From one of, like, my sources... I know, I sound so cool. <laughs> Sick. Like, yeah. But, yeah, saying that that was about to happen, and I was like, no, not tonight. Like, they're in the middle of a game, and they were. this person was at the OKC arena or where that game was being played, um, and they were like, yeah, it's definitely about to happen. And something's going down here. And so I was definitely on high alert. And um, obviously, like, it came on in the middle of the game. It came on Woj Bomb on my, on my phone, which I don't understand. Like, we work in this industry, and yet somehow every single person I know texted me at that very moment. Did you see the NBA's canceled? I'm like, of course I saw it. Of course. <laughs> I, I have yeah. Woj alerts set to my phone. Of course I do. I work in this industry. I have to have the the alert set of course it's... but i still had like people this morning did you see the whole thing is canceled I'm like yes i saw the whole thing is canceled of course but anyways i was just tr trying to get a workout in and all hell broke loose for for the nba so yeah it was definitely shocking no I, I hear you i i got a i got a text from an aunt of mine that was basically like hey did you see the NBA was canceled? Like, yes, just just like you. I I also have the Adrian Wojnarowski alert set for my phone and or for everywhere basically. I'm on. I have TweetDeck for God's sakes. Like, TweetDeck. If if you right. don't know, it's it is the perfect way to stay up to date on everything, every single thing that happens within the next sixty seconds or the last sixty seconds. So, um, were you surprised that the Nuggets Mavs game continued, Jenna? I was. I honestly was because I wasn't sure. Obviously, you saw um, Mark Cuban's reaction, immediate reaction to it as soon as he got the Woj bomb. Go figure. He has his alerts on, too. Um, 
And uh, I thought, you know, players might have seen that reaction or maybe players were hearing things because they showed various clips of the crowd and the crowd was very obviously like on their phones talking about the same topic, you know. And I'm, I, don't, I wasn't sure if they showed it on the big screen there or not, but um, according to Mike Singer, he was saying some stuff like, you don't know how much the players know at this point. He tweeted something like that out, so I figured they didn't really know. And it just felt like a very strange game. Like, I, it was hard to analyze the game or even watch the game without thinking about this whole other big thing that's happening. Kind of like if Kobe died right before the Nuggets game started. All these stuff that happens, right? Are the Nuggets bad luck? This is just a crime Probably. to me. Honestly. Honestly. And it happened to <laughs> but it ha- Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, who the Nuggets both right. drafted. So Drafted? <laughs> right. I, I'm really concerned here. I, I, I don't know why nobody has thought of all these connections, but Kobe's passing happened like minutes before the game started um, in Denver, and we had to be in the arena witnessing that, and now... In the middle of the Mavs uh, game, this happened. So it was, it was surprising to me that they would let the players kind of finish the game out. But I guess I get it because, like, why would you replay the game, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to it's hard to pick up right where you left off, and it's going to be hard to pick up where they left off for this actual season. Uh, we we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how the players are going to react to playing at a different time of year. Uh, it's going to be everything's just going to be completely off and completely altered. And they may just have to put an asterisk on this season with everything that's happened. So uh, tell you what, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to circle back to the Nuggets. Uh, don't really matter about the the actual result of the Dallas Mavericks game. But I wanted to do a, a Nuggets season interview segment. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Denver Stiff Show. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, joined today by Jenna Garcia and Brandon Ewing. Uh, you know, the, the season looks like if it's not at least over, it's going to be delayed for a while. So I think it's fair to just talk about the Nuggets as a whole. And Skip, I want to start with you. Is there anything in particular that stands out as the as the most important thing this year for the Denver Nuggets? Like when you think of this year for the Nuggets, what are you going to think about? Um, that's an interesting question because I think that the Nuggets were in a really good place before the All-Star break, and then after the All-Star break, it's kind of gone a little awry or a little downhill, so I I don't think that their struggles the last few weeks or after the All-Star break is something that should leave a, a lasting impact, I guess, on your thoughts for this team. I still think that they're a team who's trying to find their way into being that title contender and that team that can compete for a championship and I think that that was their goal coming into the season that's all that they talked about and I think that they showed that showed flashes of that obviously in the first couple of months in the first part of the season but then I don't know these last couple of weeks have just been tough and it's kind of put a, a different perspective on the team but I still think that they have a lot of talent a lot of room to grow and uh I don't know. I, I don't know if the rest of the season is going to continue or not, but I think just I guess looking forward to next season, I still think that they they are a championship contender, but they have to continue to improve. And 
I don't know. What, what do you think? Because I, I just think the end of the season, people that's all people are going to remember. They're not going to remember the team that started off with the best record in franchise history through however many games it was. They're going to think of the team that was struggling at the end of the season, losing to teams like the Cavaliers and the Warriors, because that's the last thing that people are going to remember about them. Yeah, it's really too bad. It's really that's that's a good way to put it. Just left a sour taste in the mouths of every Denver Nuggets fan. But I would I would definitely push back on that narrative, of course. As you guys know, I'm a very big picture guy. I like to look at the numbers over the course of the season. I like to do projections. And I think this team projected as as a small market NBA team that was just struggling to move from good to great. And they were on that path. And it's understandable that they really struggled. There were no major changes to this team from the previous year. And a lot of those changes took place during the season. Uh, The only major one was Trey Lyles being exchanged for Jeremy Grant, basically. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was thrown into the mix, but you could really just say, hey, Wancho Hernan Gomez was like that piece last year. Uh, And then Malik Beasley was, was there, and then he wasn't. And so this team was was always going to focus on internal improvement. And that's both a blessing and a curse because on one hand, they got out to a really strong start, like you said. Uh, that that uh, continuity really helped them. It really helped them get through a lot of the things that they were struggling with. Uh, but it was also a curse because I think this team definitely knows their ceiling now. They, they're in this position where you hope that they can compete for a championship, and maybe they could. Maybe they're in a position that they could. But I was starting to think that, yep, this, the, the ceiling on this team is visible, and it's probably not a team that can beat either the, the Lakers or the Clippers or the Milwaukee Bucks to eventually claim an NBA championship. So, Jenna, does any of that resonate with you and and? Was that your primary takeaway, or was it something else? Was it something completely different? I actually thought, you know what? Maybe this break is exactly what Nikola Jokic needs. That was my first thought, because he's not looked great. He's looked like, is it November that is his bad month? Yeah. That we all call the terrible Jokic month. He's been looking like November Jokic, so genuinely my thought process was like, well, at least Nicola will have a couple days to like relax, you know. Even if it is thirty days, I thought I felt like, yeah, I don't want them. I don't want people to remember this team as the team that was struggling because that sucks. But that's what I think of myself, and when I think of this team struggling, I think something's not right with Nicola. And when I think of getting Nicola right obviously i wish we could send him to serbia and with some horses and make him feel better but that's not going to be the case in this situation but at least he can rest at least he can take a break relax i think his body was really tired i mean think of the season that he's had it's been very heavy workload and he's been like the, the of all the mules on this team he's the biggest pack mule of this team he's carried them yeah, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm with you for most of that. What I will say is that I, I would actually push back that instead of getting a break, I think he actually struggles when he's coming out of a break, when he's 
when he's coming off of a long stretch of basketball, or at least a significant stretch of basketball where he just hasn't played, it throws off his rhythm. I think that's one of the reasons why he struggles in November, and he also struggles in early March. I was looking back kind of at, at his historical numbers, uh, whether that's in his rookie year, or his last year, or this year, or even in his third season. Uh, he seems to struggle in early March for the most part, but then he kicks it into gear because he, I think he get, gets back into rhythm. And I have faith that Nikola Jokic can turn it on at, at any moment. He's he's a guy who, when it gets tough, when when he understands that it's go time, he starts going. And, and he's one of those guys that, like you said, he carries this team even when they go through struggles. And those guys can't just turn it on like, like Jokic can. So... Uh, I wouldn't have had any... Did you any... check his numbers when he hadn't played in an All-Star game? Did you go back like two years? Well, so here's the thing. He, yeah, I went back two years ago, and he had done All-Star festivities in both the second and third season. You're right. Uh, because in the second right, year, yeah. he had the rookie sophomore game. And in his mm-hmm. third year, he did the skills challenge, I believe. I think he did it back-to-back yeah. seasons. Um and so he was around. He was doing that press. He was just involved, and that's something that he's going to have to continue to do. Honestly, um, just being just being an NBA superstar. That's something that's never going to leave him. So, I think that's just going to be the norm with Jokic. Is that once he he has to get back into the swing of things, and it just takes him a little bit of time. Uh, but once he gets back into it, once he gets back into a regular habit, a regular schedule, uh, he's usually great. And and I have a lot of faith in him. Uh, another thing that I really took away from this was just the the entire MPJ saga. Uh, at the beginning of the year, when we were in Colorado Springs, when we were there for training camp and trying to figure out exactly how this was going to go, uh, there were a lot of MPJ questions. And the general consensus that we came to was the starting battle was going to be either Will Barton or Tory Craig. And Will Barton said, hey, it's not even really a battle. I didn't know there was a competition, I think was his words. Uh, and he clearly proved that. He's clearly proven that he deserves to be a starter on this team. Uh, but the word on MPJ then was that he was extremely talented, and he he showed that. He showed that early in the season when he wasn't playing. He showed that when when we were in training camp and, and everybody was raving about him. Uh, and then when he finally got his opportunity, he really ran with it until he sprained his ankle. So... Brandon, let me get your thoughts first. Uh, what are your thoughts about the the entire MPJ saga as a whole, and what Nuggets fans can really take away from that? Yeah, I think that the the thing that I really take away from it, and I think that Nuggets fans can take the same thing away, was that month of what month was it? January, January when he was just unstoppable. Like I think that that's MPJ, and I think kind of like you mentioned, Ryan, with Nikola Jokic, he. MPJ is a rhythm basketball player, and especially a rookie his first year. Getting in that rhythm in January was huge for him. I mean, that he was almost shooting 50% from three. Like, that's incredible. And then the ankle sprain happened, and that kind of derails him a little bit. And I think that the MPJ we've seen the last couple weeks isn't really him. And also, he hasn't been really getting the same opportunity he was getting before when he was in that rhythm. So I think it's definitely been a saga, but I think that the thing I'll remember most about him was that month of January where I'm pretty sure he was averaging he was averaging 12 points and it was over six rebounds. He was second on the team in rebounding. So he was putting up really big numbers 
I remember when we were all angry that he was a Rising Star snub because he was, because that's somebody you want in that game. And I think that that month of January is something I'm really going to take away with him. It's not going to be the last few weeks when the ankle sprain happened because that's just something unlucky. And I know that he has a bit of an injury history, but, I mean, everybody sprains their ankle. I sprain my ankle every day just taking my dog to the bathroom. So, I mean, <laughs> that's... That's that's something I wouldn't be worried about too much. And again, an ankle sprain is something that lingers. It's something that lingers no matter what sport you play. So I think him having the chance to rest now with this could be good. And I think, like, like I mentioned, he's a rhythm basketball player. He was in a rhythm during that middle part of the season. Once he finally got into the rotation, he was finally that first guy off the bench. So that's going to be the MPG I remember most, the guy who made the most of his opportunity when he got it. And I think whenever the next opportunity is, whenever we're able to play basketball again, whenever the Nuggets are able to take the floor, if MPJ is given an opportunity, I think he's going to run with it. And I think Nuggets fans should be excited about that. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do when he has just more time to get into that rhythm. Uh, Jenna, uh, your takeaway from the Michael Porter Jr. saga, if you had to describe it in one word, is? Oh, gosh, in one word. Um... Oh, you could use two words. How about that? <laughs> I feel like it was like an electrocution. It was there for a moment, and you felt it really strong, but it was gone really quickly. He didn't get, like, he barely came on the scene, you know, and then he was out again. Um, and that's not entirely his fault. I agree with uh, Skip in that sense that, like, it wasn't all on him. It was some on on his ankle injury and then getting back into the rotations. And then, you know, uh, there's other stuff, like what rotations Malone's choosing to put out on the court. So um, I felt like, I mean, you guys know that I was really negative about MPJ to start the season. I felt like he was way overhyped. Um, and I still feel that way in a sense. I feel like he's been hyped up to be something more than he's demonstrated, but he also hasn't, when he had the opportunity to demonstrate what he could really do, he showed me glimpses of what everybody was talking about. Glimpses, not exactly what everyone was hyped. Like, everyone else is hyping him to be, like, I don't know, a 10 out of 10 kind of guy, player. And I thought the glimpses we saw of him were, like, you know, you saw a 7 here and there, an 8. But you didn't get to see the full thing because you haven't got to see him really all out and in his role. So, and then, of course, the injury kind of dampered that. And now... Um, we have this hiatus going on. So I hope that we get back to that electrocution because I think it electrified Pepsi Center too. I think in Nuggets fans, it had people excited to watch Nuggets games. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the caption, Lightning Strikes, because I think that's a, a really good way to describe this. That's that's perfect, honestly. It was yeah. there, and then it was gone. That was two words. And, and, hey, I gave you two words. I gave you two. Uh, <laughs> uh, but honestly, like, I, you spoke it beautifully. I am, I am really looking forward to seeing what Michael Porter can do and what he can, what he can offer in 30 minutes per game. If he ever got to that point, if he was ever healthy enough to get to that point. We've seen guys like Blake Griffin and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons all start struggling with some injuries. Uh 
and they were they were former hyped picks that had to sit out their entire rookie years as well. So, and in Joel Embiid's case, his entire sophomore year. So, I am concerned that he will always be an injury risk. I think it's important to yeah. note that everybody gets ankle injuries, like Skip said. That is just not something that can be helped unless you are Steph Curry and you actually have like a, like an ankle issue. Now that that's pretty concerning, but other than that, it's just that's just what happens in the NBA today. But I will take away that MPJ could be a difference maker for this entire franchise, and that he deserves to get the opportunity to prove that at some point during his time in Denver. If he doesn't get that opportunity, then he should be traded. That's that would be my my message there was that I would love to see him get that opportunity to really prove what he can do because I don't know how many times he exceeded 30 minutes per game, but it might have just been once or twice. Uh, If he ever got to a point where he could exceed 30 minutes, then I think we have a special player on our hands. Uh, But we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see how it goes. Um, Are there any other storylines that that really stand out for the Nuggets this season? Uh, Brandon, I'll start with you. I I actually think that Jamal Murray doesn't get as much credit as he should. I think that he is a Thank you. I think that he's a really good player that I don't understand why people are so hard on him. Maybe it's his attitude, maybe it's cuz he's a, he plays like a savage. I mean, those are the type of guys I want on my basketball team, but sure. I think that I don't know if he had the best start to the season, but I think he had a better start than he has in all of his other seasons. And I think that he grew a lot more consistent. And I know that he suffered a pretty bad injury as well. He missed about 10 games or so. But when he came back from that, he was absolutely electrifying. And I think that he he has really grown since then. And I just think he's a guy that I know Nikola Jokic is really important to this basketball team, and there's no doubt he is the most important player. But I think Jamal Murray is definitely that second piece, and I think that he's pretty close. And I just don't think people give him the credit that he deserves. I think he's a very good player. I think that he could be an all-star if he was in a different conference because there's a lot of good guards in the Western Conference. And uh, I don't know. I just think that he needs to get a little more credit, and I think that he actually put together a pretty good season. And I know that he's not like he's not one of those guards that's going to put up the the big numbers, the flashy numbers. But he puts up the numbers that he should. He puts up the numbers that helps this team. And I think that he really is a a heartbeat. I mean, you you see it after that poster dunk that he had in the Bucks game, and I think that. If the Nuggets don't play another game in the regular season in the playoffs, if there's just an asterisk on this season, I think it's it's cool for me that that was kind of the last big moment that happened at the Pepsi Center because that dunk was really cool. You kind of just saw the the life it injected to the team, and I think that's just who Jamal Murray is. He really is the Nuggets. I know they have a couple guys like Will Barton's one, and Jamal Murray is just those those savage guys that – you know, other teams just hate, and I think that those are important guys to have on your team, especially if you're going to compete for a championship. So I just think that it should be mentioned that Jamal Murray had a really good season, and uh, he should get a lot more credit in my eyes. Think of how many lulls Jokic had. Like, there were so many different moments where Jokic was in these lulls this season, and Jamal, Jamal, and you're right, will get some credit for this too, but... Jamal really stepped up this season. I I agree, Skip. Like I'm glad that that dunk happened in the last. If that's the last game we get to watch this season, that is a huge. Like 
I consider that one of the top memories. Like, I saw Madison Bumgarner hit a walk-off grand slam against the Rockies. I saw Nolan Arenado's walk-off home run uh, for the cycle. And I still think Jamal's dunk is, like, up there in one of, like, a really cool moment I got to see in person. I totally agree. I you As you guys know, I've been on the Jamal Murray is underrated train for a significant period of the season. I have gone to bat for him in the media room. I have written articles about him. I have written an article that compared him to Kobe Bryant and compared Nicole Jokic to Shaquille O'Neal and that the Nuggets were really betting on those guys becoming a similar tandem. And I would invite everybody to understand that this version of Jamal Murray that just turned 23 years old could be very different than the one that we see at 25 and 26. Think about that. He is he is just entering his prime. He is just getting to that point where things are starting to slow down and starting to get more consistent. I've really enjoyed his game. I've really enjoyed seeing him figure this out. Uh this last stretch of games is extremely important. His only couple of bad games, one against the Clippers, one against the Warriors, and a game that everybody played bad. Uh, other than that, he was excellent. And I think that just needs to be said, that people should continue to appreciate Jamal Murray and don't consider him overpaid until he proves you otherwise. Yeah, I couldn't believe I saw a tweet out today saying, that Jamal was overpaid. Like, it was something Jamal tweeted about, like, everybody stay safe. And somebody said to him, like, why don't you just worry about getting your game right or something like that. And I was like, really? really? Like, the season's suspended and that's really what you want to go with right now? But whatever. People are haters. I think it's that's ridiculous. A ridiculous take. But I don't think you guys can, like, go on this season. Definitely one big marker was the trade. I feel like that was a big moment in this season trading Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez who were two like I don't know guys that came in with Jamal guys that have been staples to this offense for a little bit yeah I thought the trade was I thought the trade yeah, was I'm, huge I really did and I thought it was the time I didn't like it and then it didn't pan out very good and I, I still don't really like it to be completely honest but it is what it is I I just don't <laughs> get it I guess I don't really get it so I don't like it yeah and, and I would I would push back on that a little bit. The Nuggets clearly made their intentions known that those two guys weren't going to be a part of the future or else they would have brought them back or else they would have given them an opportunity. Uh, Malik Beasley, as we have known for a while, is not just looking for a payday but also looking for a situation where he could start, looking for a situation where his role could be big and he could – see himself as a guy who's on Jamal Murray's caliber or another shooting guard like a CJ McCollum or just another shooting guard that has proven themselves in this league through opportunity. He hasn't had that opportunity, and I don't think he was going to get it in Denver. And I think the Nuggets did the right thing by him to send him to a place where he can prove that. Uh, I think that it was... Right, but don't you think he would have been good with on this offense? Like, do you not think that he would have... Like, it had the Nuggets given him that op- this same opportunity the Timberwolves are giving him on this offense, and you sit Will Barton or Gary Harris, you don't think that Malik would have panned out the same way? I think it's possible, but I also think that it had run its course, and the Nuggets weren't going to be able to pay him what he wanted to be paid 
while also staying with some of those guys that they find important. I don't think you can pay Murray, Jokic, one of Millsap or Grant going forward, MPJ going forward, one of Will Barton and Gary Harris going forward, and still justify giving Malik Beasley $15 million a year, which is something that I think he'll demand, something that I think he will he will try and get. Um, and I also think that his position is less important than people think, especially in if Denver truly believes in Michael Porter Jr., which they, they showed that they did, and the front office showed that they did. Um, I don't think they thought that that position was as important, and or they, they made the preference that defense was important and didn't think that they wanted to wait for Malik Beasley to become good there because you're right, the offense could be really good with, with him in a, in a large role starting, but this team has already proven that they can have a top offense, but they need to be good on defense in order to take the next step. Yeah, but I mean, you could have... I, I, I just feel like there was a big chunk of this season that was marked by Gary Harris' struggles where you could have just been like, look, Gary, we love your defense. We don't not believe in you. We do believe in you. We still believe in the player that you are, but you got to get your stuff right. So Malik's got his hot hand right now. Like, win us some games, Malik, you know? I don't know. I, I just think it's crazy. Gary Harris is making $14 million this year. Oh, no, it's more than yeah. that. I'm pretty sure we were just looking at it the other day. That was but, Mason uh, Plumley. Uh, we're we're thinking of, uh, I think Gary Harris is making around $18 million this year, $19 million next year, $20 million the year after that. Okay, Ish. so to my point, way too much money for what he's putting out. Sorry. Like, I get that his defense is important and that defense wins games, but defense is more of like, as a team, I think they could put out great defense with or without Gary Harris on the floor. Yeah, maybe you're right. Honestly, like that's that's a situation that could potentially be something that Tim Connolly looks back on and Michael Malone looks back on and say, hey, we missed the boat on this. Uh, but I also bet that with Jamal Murray, somebody who struggles a bit defensively, with Michael Porter Jr., who definitely struggles defensively, and with Nikola Jokic, who while good on defense – needs some help he needs guys who can help him in the protecting the rim and fighting through passing lanes things like that he needs a guy who he can trust who the team can trust and i just don't think they could trust malik in that situation so but it is a good thought it is something that i think people will think about that fans will think about i just know that that wasn't ever going to be like this this massive thing I don't think it's going to be a massive what if. I actually think this team is going to be better for it. Yeah. Well, you have long term vision. I'm I'm a person that's stuck in the present. I guess. No, it's not stuck. Like it's it's a good vision to have, and honestly, that's probably why the Nuggets. It's one of the reasons why the Nuggets won't win a championship. It's because they traded a couple of helpful pieces for zero helpful pieces this year. That's a that's yeah, a thing. That I happened. think that's so. Yeah, well, that's the I'm I sh, I think short term as well because it's like to me they traded three players that are clearly better than the three players that they got back and that just makes zero sense to me, and especially for a team that struggles to shoot the three shoot the three point ball, they traded two people that are really good at shooting the three and they got back zero people who are good at shooting the three, so just that's just one of the. Excuse me, what about Troy Daniels or whatever? I, I, I 
Everyone <laughs> shit on me on Twitter for being upset about them getting Troy Daniels. But my this is my exact point. What you're saying, Skip, was like they already had two three-point shooters. They could have just rode for the rest of the season instead of going out and trading for a bunch of people who yeah. don't help us. And as, and as much... As much as I'm, like, helping people out to, like, go play and perform too, it's also a business and you want your team to be as good as they can. So it's like, I don't know, why do you have to help people when you want your team to be better? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if I had good players on my team, I would for no reason trade them to get worse players just because I want to make them happy. Like, I wouldn't care. It's like, you're good. If I need you, you have to go in. I would want the better person. Like, to me, it's clearly simple. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking, obviously, in the short term. My and it's their agent's job my, to get them t- to be happy. It's not the team's job to keep them happy. Well, Malik Beasley's agent is Rich Paul, yeah, and he's going to get him paid. So, and he probably pushed for this trade. Like those guys both asked for trades, and that's that's something that was in their best interest at that time. And so, I, I get it. I understand. Uh, they could have like the Nuggets could have said no and. They got a first-round pick in this case, and that's something that we haven't really mentioned. That's something that we haven't really talked about. Uh, Tim Connell is really good at drafting, so maybe if they get a guy that they could really use, maybe that guy really helps them in the future. Maybe that guy helps them in a playoff series. So, uh, But be that as it may, that that's neither here nor there about this season. Um, but what I will say is that the last major point that I had was that change is inevitable. This is, this is a team that... Jokic and Murray are going to be making a ton of money. MPJ's knocking on the door. He's going to be in a position where he deserves a starting spot very, very soon. The Nuggets may have to choose between Gary Harris or Will Barton. They may have to choose between Paul Millsap or Jeremy Grant. Uh, They've probably already made the choice about Mason Plumlee. And whether that's to keep him or not to keep him, it wouldn't surprise me if he's gone. Uh, They already chose no for Malik Beasley and Wacha Hernan Gomez. It's very possible they made a mistake in that. And I totally acknowledge that, that that could be something that sets them back. But that is a bet that they made. And I believe that that's just the start of the changes that could potentially come this offseason. No, and I think there do have to be changes made. I just think that, like, why are we, kind of like Skip said, why are we changing the things? I don't know. I'm a performance-based thinker. Every single job I've ever worked for had has been performance-based. If you do not perform, you do not get to continue working there. And that's a really harsh way of, like, running your business, I guess. But you know what happens is you win prizes, you win awards. Your My school won Blue Ribbon Awards. Like, these are nationally recognized things because we don't keep letting teachers come back to the school if they do not perform with their students. So, like, it just seems like, why are we, you know, what changes are we doing here? I don't know. That sh- the trade definitely marked this season for me in a big way. I I get you, but they also and and we didn't get to see Jordan McRae. Uh, the real important piece in this is that Jordan McRae before that trade and before Malik Beasley kind of blew up in in Minnesota, he was shooting a better three point percentage than Malik Beasley. I think the Nuggets thought that they had somebody there who could fill that role, who could why didn't make they a try difference. To make it work? I think they did. And when? I think that as we Putting we've him heard, in and then pulling I, him out in the fourth quarter at 30 seconds left. Like Jenna, I, th- I, I, I agree with you. I think that that was a mistake and the team paid dearly for it. That was, that was something that 
I don't think Tim Connolly. I am going to be interested to see how they use that first round pick to see if it's like to uh, Um, acquire somebody or if they like draft somebody cool. I mean, it is kind of cool that they do have a first now, so it's kind of like, hey, we can actually like look to the draft, look at some prospects because the last few years you haven't really been able to do that. And like last year, when they had the little draft party thing, it's like, huh. Why are we here? They don't have a draft pick. And then boom, boom, you can just send some money to someone and get a draft pick. I love it. So it's kind of cool. Like you get to scout some NBA players or some college players. I don't really know many college players. I wasn't able to watch much this year, but I know some Tyler Bay action from CU. I like Tyler Bay. Could be good. Well, we'll see. We'll see how they use it. I It wouldn't surprise me if they traded that pick, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they used it. Uh, Tim Connolly is very good in the draft, as we all know. He's made some great decisions there, uh, especially when given the time to really make that decision. Uh, but let's move on. Let's 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 think even, bi- even bigger picture right now. Uh, Skip, I'll ask you first. You Was know, I think that any time you're a top three team in the conference and the only two teams in front of you are the Lakers and Clippers, who everyone thought to be there, then yeah, I'd say it's successful. And again, I don't think it ended, or I guess we don't really know if it's over or not, because in 30 days, we'll check again. But for now, I definitely would say it's successful, because then again, they started off to the best record in franchise, and they're still a top three team, so I think that they... If definitely they still have so many doubters and I think that they're trying to silence them whether it's just even if it's just one doubter per game I think that I would say it was a success and obviously it could have been better and I think that that's I think it's good that we're holding them to high expectations because we know the team that they can be we know that the aspirations that they have so just because we're holding them to high expectations doesn't mean that their season was not a success because that's absolutely what it was not. Their season their season was a success, and I think it speaks to where totally. we think they're going as a team and as an organization to hold them to such high standards. And I think that that's something that we should continue to do because they have dreams and goals to be a title contender. So we are going to hold them to that standard because they're putting it out there. So I think that, yes, their season was successful, but they still have a ways to go if they want to truly reach that mountaintop that they're trying to get to. He said it perfectly. Go ahead, Jenna. I mean, I agree with him. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm frustrated with some of their decisions, and I'm not – I don't I totally agree with – the decisions they made, but they are a top, top three team in the West, top four. They, if they had continued, you know, who knows where they would have ended. And <coughs> sorry, I have coronavirus. Remember, Corona. It's attacking me. That's not really funny. I shouldn't joke about it, but anyways, <laughs> for people who really are dealing with it, like that's crazy. So, um, but. I do think it was a success. Like, they still had a lot of success as a team. I think Jamal Murray, just that alone, the steps that Jamal has shown, and I know you mentioned, like, he struggles on defense. I think he made huge improvements in his defense this year. Um, Sure. And in his playmaking, his, his passing, just that alone, the improvements that we got to see Jamal make by himself was worth this season. And I think that alone is a success for... The team as a whole because you are going to need Jamal Murray as your second piece alongside Nikola Jokic to have a, a championship level team so yeah 
I, I'm 50-50 on it. I think it's hard to say a full yes, given how incomplete this year is at this point. I think the Nuggets were going to learn a lot about themselves in the playoff setting and figuring out how, MP, how MPJ can be important to that, how Murray can deal with some added pressure of being the second-best guy, uh, whether Jokic could really carry them in a series against the best teams. It's, it's not like he faced powerhouses last year against San Antonio and Portland. How does he face a, a team that has a true superstar in a, in a situation like that? So that's an interesting port. Uh, portion of the season to me but if nothing else I would call it a partial success they did discover that MPJ can really be a part of the core of the team going forward Uh, Grant became an important piece he's a guy who really justified the trade that the Nuggets made this offseason but change is coming and there's a reason that change is coming it's because the the team isn't quite good enough yet in my estimation is that there are certain steps that they have to take certain hard choices that they may have to make. Um, we're going to see what those what those entail, but you don't make those hard changes if the season was a full-on success. So I'm interested in seeing how that goes. Um, guys, are, are there any other things that you want to talk about before no, I think we, I'm just, I think I'm I good. I think everyone just stays Denver safe, uh, be stuff. patient. I think being patient is the key thing because all these oh. things are fluid. They could change by the second. Don't just want to rush or... Don't rush anything. Just be patient. Try to be as relaxed and calm as possible, and we are all in this together. Okay. Um, So here's how Denver Stiffs is going to operate now. Uh, From what I see as the site manager, from what I see other sites doing, there is likely to be a reduction in content. We will still have written pieces that go up on the site, but without the NBA, and, and if this extends for a significant period of time, it's really hard to talk about the NBA. And there will be some stories. There will be some things that we can write about. We will continue to give you news and analysis and occasional podcasts for sure. But for our writers and contributors, they... They deserve to have a break. They deserve, for their sake and for their family's sake, to be able to spend time with those people while this season is on hiatus, uh, while the NBA tries to figure things out. I will occasionally try to call them into service, and maybe we'll we'll meet and we can discuss some things on, on how best we can serve the Denver Stiffs community. Uh, but we will continue to do that. Uh, all right, Jenna? Yeah. How do you, or I'll, I'll ask both of you, how do you plan on spending your additional free time over the next few weeks? Well, I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm bored. I don't, I understand that, like, <laughs> I could beat the virus, but I also understand that, like, I could potentially be carrying the virus if I have some of the symptoms. So now I'm, like, scared to go out and do anything because I don't want to pass it to, along to somebody who then isn't capable of fighting the virus and i don't even know if i have it which is why they should let me get tested but it's stupid whatever i've been stuck in my house for two days i kid you not he's been going freaking berserk (laughs) was that somebody's dog like he really has to go potty and he just keeps coming up to me making random noises i'm like dude stop i'm trying to do something now he's he's kind of laying between my legs so he's relaxing but no for the next couple weeks I'll be hanging out with Kovu a lot. It's frustrating because next week was already spring break for school, so 
I was planning to work at my other job, and that one's still going to be open as far as now, so I'll get to work there. But then school is probably going to be closed another week, so I won't be able to teach then. And uh, baseball's canceled till April 6th, or at least it's suspended, so that's a bit of a bummer because our first game is supposed to be next Tuesday. So... Yeah, I guess I could do that, but Caitlin and I are pretty low key, pretty casual about it. So I think that it's we're we're just so uh, pretty much everything. Yeah, everything's pretty much gonna be the same with me because I'm just gonna work during the day. I'm gonna work out during the day. Hang out with COVID. Probably play some more MLB. The show. Caitlin still has to work at State Farm, so I'll be busy per usual. But I just won't be able to do the. I won't have any baseball or basketball, and there'll be no sports on, which is a bit of a bummer, because I'm a huge March Madness fan. And uh, Caitlin beats me in the bracket every year, and I finally wanted some revenge this year, and that can't happen, so that's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, but technically she's the last person to won, which means she technically won again this year. Well, don't tell her I said that. Damn. She's in this podcast, especially, especially this deep into it, so maybe just don't tell her. <laughs> well... I'm going to reinvest myself in eating right, getting healthy, and if there's ever a time to really focus on your personal health, it's probably during a global pandemic. So let's, on that note, take off. Uh, thank you, too, so much for joining me to host this episode. Uh, thank you to Denver Stiffs listeners. Thank you, to, thank you guys for tuning in if you've made it this far. Uh, really appreciate you. Really appreciate everything that you guys have helped us put together. Uh, without you, our work it has a little bit less meaning. So we really appreciate everybody for coming out and supporting us and coming out and supporting the Denver Nuggets because they're going to need all the support they can get over these next few weeks. Uh, it's going to be tough. So stay happy, stay healthy, wash your hands, enjoy the days while you have them, and we will see you guys very soon.